0: At this point, I've interviewed about 200 people, give or take, and everyone has their own unique story. Every person is unique, but every so often I come across somebody that's like unique in being unique, and this was no exception. I just got done talking to a Navy SEAL. He's retired, and he put together a photo book. It's called Uncommon Grit by Darren McBurnett otherwise known as McBee, and it's awesome. This guy has stories, and he's been through things that I I don't know if I know anybody that rivals what he's accomplished and what he's been through. And he's unique in the sense also in that he's the only one that has the type of footage that he has that's actually authorized. He was authorized to create these images during SEAL training and publish them. I really, really encourage you to have a seat or if you're on a walk or whatever, kick back and listen to this amazing interview and check this guy out. Be sure to click the links in the description where you can go find more about McBee and where you can go check out this book. You will not regret it. It's an awesome photo book with some great writing too, as you'll hear in our conversation. Enjoy.
1: Again, thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Um, uh, Darren McBurnett is my name. Uh, I've been gone by McB uh, pretty much my entire SEAL career, and uh, and McTeams. And so, uh, actually, it's funny about my nickname McTeams. Uh, Rob O'Neill gave me that nickname back when we were doing platoons together. And you know, he's the he's a SEAL that killed Bin Laden. He's still one of my dearest friends today. So even my Instagram handles McTeams3842. It's basically because oh, of Rob.
0: <laughs> so He gave uh, you the nickname. What's the nickname come from specifically?
1: Uh, McTeams. It was like, you know, McBee, uh, you know, just, and then of course we're, we're in the, we're in the SEAL teams. And then uh, we yeah. just, I always called him uh, Nizro, uh Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill. And he just called me McTeams because we went from like SEAL team two, I buzzed SEAL team two, SEAL team four. And that time it was like kind of unheard of to go, switching teams back in the late 90s so it just say hey, McTeams. i'm like it's like i remember just we're like hey we're gonna be over to seal team four it's like yeah hey, it's another team what do you think of that McTeams? <laughs> and then we just is get that, that going a,
0: is that a progression because aren't there like how many teams are there are there just different teams or is it a progression in teams help me with oh that. it's
1: yeah it's uh back and early on uh there's a of history of the seal teams but uh, started out, uh, uh uh, with the NCDUs, the Scout Raiders and World War II, then that went that went to underwater demolition teams. And there's only two of them. It was a SIL team, well, uh, one and two. One was on the West Coast and two was on the East Coast. And as okay. uh, Vietnam went on, I think in the 80s, uh, uh SEAL team three was born, and then so, shortly after that, SIL team four, and then shortly after that, SIL team five, you know, then uh SEAL team six, and then uh SEAL team and then we had SEAL team eight, which and so now we have on the West Coast we have SEAL team um one, three, five, and seven, and SEAL team seventeen, which is a Reserve SEAL team. And on the East Coast we have two, four, eight, ten, uh, six, eight, and ten. And uh and that's how it breaks down. And the na- and the the numbers of each SEAL team Back in like I would say back in my day, you know, <laughs> right. they they right. all were uh, your area of operation. So your AOR. So SEAL Team Two was uh, uh, UCOM, the UCOM theater. So basically, they did everything in Europe. Like another example, SIL Team Four was Southcom, so they did uh, all operations down in South America. And that's how each SEAL team is broken up. Like SEAL Team Three. So they're
0: regional, right? Yeah. They're not. It's not a hierarchical structure. Oh,
1: it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's dope. It's all um, area of operation, you know. And uh, SEAL Team Three was CENTCOM, which is the Middle East. But as we progressed more in the two thousands, and we, you know, start having uh, uh, the battle spaces is in Afghanistan, Iraq, a little after Kosovo, and then you know, then Africa, and so then you you had six each SEAL Team has six platoons, and so what we started doing was uh, your. One platoon would go to your AOR, and the other five would would uh, divide up between uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. So that's all. So it was.
0: S- Seal Team Six is a name that that some people are familiar with, obviously because of what they accomplished with Bin Laden. So yeah. to to get to, to get this straight, they happened to get that call because that happened to be in their AOR. Is that right?
1: Uh, no, Seal Team Six is a uh, well, yeah. Seal Team Six was called Development Group. And those are they, that was formed in the '80s by Dick Marcinko. and they were they actually started out as a hostage rescue. Uh, believe it or not, nope. it's like they they highly trained for that. And then as you know, SEAL Team Six or Development Group started uh, um, developing. Now they started doing a lot of lot of other things that conventional SEAL teams didn't do. And so that's why when uh, you know the big missions like you know Bin Laden raid come up, you know SEAL Team Six because they're you know they're highly trained. Uh, they're more specialized trained than, than specialized. the specialists. Specialized, okay. Right. Yeah.
0: So let me ask you this. I want cuz I want to know a little bit about you you personally. Oh yay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go back to your mindset before before you even joined up, right? Before you even enlisted, mm-hmm. before like before that. Where were you at in your head? Where were you at in your life like before that happened? Who were you?
1: Oh boy, that's a, that's a deep question. But um, (laughs) Oh boy, here we go. And that's don't need to lie down on the couch. Well,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten that before, but but I want to know, I want to know who you were before that happened because I have a strong sense and I could be wrong about this and you can correct me, but I have a strong sense that there is a profound before and after for a lot of guys, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Before, before they experience that, that training and, and everything that comes with it and then on the other side of it. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was, um, if you, uh, I'm telling you if you want to the Navy SEAL season, if I stayed the before McBee, I'm yeah. pretty sure if those conversations we just, we just had, I probably would open up a comic book store. I probably would have been like, yep. saw something out of big bang theory to be honest yep. with you. Yeah. Uh, because that yep. was my mindset. But I also I did a lot of athletics. You know, I did uh, marathons. I did triathlons. I did in college. I did rowing. I did cycling team. I did water polo. In high school, I did track cross country, indoor track, swim swimming. I did uh, in high school. I did I um, uh, did my first Ironman when I was 17 years old. I did like the Boston Marathon, the Cape Cod Marathon. I did hundreds of triathlons. <laughs>
0: So you were in really good shape already.
1: Yeah, I was a good swimmer. Yeah, I was a good swimmer, good runner. Uh, right. So I was already in shape. So I probably would have been um, uh, an in shape guy with a comic book store. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Which would have been weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah. i be like, wait, what's what's going on with this guy? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh,
0: um, when you went, so then when you went into training, were you already? I mean, let me ask you this: are are a lot of guys that go into 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 the SEALs or like I, go into the training? Are they in good shape already? Yeah,
1: you'll be, um, uh, you, each person that got into the SEAL teams has kind of like their own path. Uh, for mine, it was when I joined the Navy, because I, I graduated from pre-university, and uh, of course I had a liberal arts degree. So what that means is I knew just enough about everything, but not enough of anything to do anything. Right, you Yeah, know? I know how that is. <laughs> so, I know a little uh,
0: bit about that myself. <laughs>
1: You know, so um, I joined the Navy simply because I wanted to pay back a few student, well, pay back student loans. I didn't really have very many, but also I needed structure. My dad is in the military. My grandmother was even in the military. My grandfather's in the military. So we have a big wow. uh, history in our family. And so it's kind of like I knew that was going to be what I was, was right. doing. And so I joined the Navy. because My dad joined the Navy. And plus, the movie Top Gun was really cool. So, you know, there's yes. an influencer there. But uh, um, so I wanted to be Goose. I want to be Goose. I want to be that guy because I kind of looked like him. I was like skinny and, you know, nerdy. But, um, but I joined. I always liked Iceman. Uh, yeah, Iceman. Oh, he was, you know, management <laughs> expectations. He was way too cool for me. I'm like, I, I couldn't be him if I wanted to be him. <laughs> so so I keep him a little more realistic. I'm more a Goose. <laughs> You're a Goose, guy. You're <laughs> low, low bar. Low bar for yeah. you to begin with. just said it just you know just 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 to throw that out oh
0: man that's so great well that makes sense yeah and i and that resonates with me during that time period too so uh you go then okay so how tell me this you join the navy but then how do you go from the navy to the seals
1: well see that was really interesting um so in the navy you have what's called physical readiness tests okay and uh, when i joined the navy i had of course really fast uh uh Swim and run times. So my my swim time is extraordinarily fast. So the average swim time for the Navy for your 500 meter swim, uh, basically underwater recovery stroke, which is breath stroke and side stroke, is about you know 10 minutes. You know, nine and a half to 10 minutes is the average. Uh, and I did mine in like five and a half. So because um, I do have I was a swimmer. You know, I did long How it, do you average like 15. 100
0: meters every every minute? How do you average 100 meters every minute? How do you do that? Yeah. That doesn't well, make
1: well i i basically swam all throughout high school and college so it was, wow. to me, it was easy but uh, the interesting part is like hey uh so i went so the navy which has career counselors believe, just like in college and mm-hmm. they're they're there to make sure that uh, the navy can utilize what you have your abilities the best as, as the navy can possible you know so it puts you in a job uh, a job that best suits you and to the navy and and that's what uh, I enjoyed about the Navy and um and they'll send you out to different schools they are called C A schools or C schools and to build you up and and so and to you know, best benefit the Navy. And so when I took when I went to see my career counselor because I started out as a corpsman like a medical guy um yeah. and they said hey you've got really fast swim times so it's like hey we got a a program you might like to try and I was like what's that? And they're like they're called the SEAL teams and of course I giggled I'm like <laughs> You right know? right right it's like right. you no know, that, that is like doesn't that sound cute you know
0: right right <laughs> and, i'm uh, a goose man i'm goose yeah, i'm not maverick
1: yeah what the seal team what the hell is that and he goes this, <laughs> this is what he says you'll love this this is how i really got bamboozled um i said oh it's the, the oh, they're they're awesome they they swim all day and scuba dive
0: <laughs> so th- that's how they describe the seals so yeah. you didn't know what the seals were is what you're saying you oh. you were legitimately kind of giggling at the name
1: yeah because it was because it was funny and uh i mean I remember hey. this, this is 90 94 uh four right you know and so right. uh i i didn't really know so this is like way early right. on right. um you know the i think the internet i think the internet was invented two years prior so and yeah, no I got one really my had first it.
0: email address in 1994. Oh I boy!
1: That. I mean, not not very many people had computers. It's like so right. you didn't. Right. God forbid right. you go read about something in a library. That'd be crazy. <laughs> so. Right. That's that's that's. But anyway, so um.
0: So they tell you they tell you that you're gonna do a lot of swimming and scuba diving yeah. and make it sound like a trip to Bali.
1: Yeah, it's exactly what I thought. It's like, wait a minute, I can do laps all day, right. like swim team, of course, you know. And then oh, you get a scuba dive by something in Jamaica and Nassau, and you know, I'm like, who doesn't want to do that? Sign me right. up. But, but, but this is this is one of my first lessons in the Navy that I learned: uh, work uh, smart, work smarter, not harder. Because this is what he was doing. His job is to find, to get people where they need to be in the Navy. But however, he has a lot of work to do to do that. He has to type it all out. He has to make phone calls with bases and ships all over the world to find a job for you. And then he's got to send you someplace. He's got to cut orders, you know, and it's a lot of work. However, if you send somebody right, I mean, I was in California at the time at San Diego. It's like, he can write orders to somebody across the street. And then, of course, I didn't know, unbeknownst to me, but beknownst to him, BUDS, basically going to demolition still training, it's like a 90% failure rate. You just pass right. on and somebody else can deal with it. So, right. so he was like, right. "Oh yeah, go, bam. And so I I'm, right. I go on my merry way, show right. up. And then, of course, when I get there, it's like I walk in the front door and then you see this, this big hulking of a man of instructor walking right at me with, tight little UDT shorts on. The first thing that comes to mind is great nuts, you know, and he's got a big mustache and he's just like, mm. what the hell? Get off my corner. And he's just yelling at me. And I'm like, oh, really, geez. And then right he, this the is, this, this is kind of funny he, right off the bat. And he goes, he goes, hit the surf you. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what it means. So, so I'm like, of course I asked the question, well, what does that mean? <laughs> so that's the oh, first dude. thing he did wrong is I asked a question. So that was bad. So he told me, and then this is, this is where I did, this is the second thing I did wrong. I asked him where the, 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 uh, the locker rooms were so I can change out of my uniform into like swimming trunks to go hit the surf, which is basically run all the way out to the ocean, get wet and run all the way back. And so uh, that didn't last long. So that was the first impression that I made of Buds. So I learned my valuable lesson number two. Whenever you're at Buds, don't ever ask a question. You know, they always, they always tell you, hey man, the, the, there's no such thing as a stupid question. It's like, yes, there is. At SEAL training, yes, there is. Lots of them. <laughs> Lots of them, don't just, just keep it to yourself. You okay, know?
0: <laughs> so, but, but in all, all right, so I get all that and I, and I can appreciate that on some level too. It makes sense to me, especially in that environment. But for myself, what if I really don't know <laughs> what's going on? Do you guess? Do you like, uh, do you do something? <laughs> yeah you just follow the crowd you know you just uh you follow uh, it, everybody
1: else follow the crowd. Sure. what are you guys what are we doing you know and um <laughs> and that's just the way you know because everyone there looked like they belong i was just you know i'm every guy like i look i literally look like goose but i can swim and run fast but everyone there yeah. looked like they belong there i'm like they were just yeah i mean they're built harder than chinese algebra man they had abs upon yeah. ad, ad their abs had abs yeah, and it looked like they've been training for this. They all look like wrestlers and, and CrossFitters. But uh, for me, it was like, wow. But uh, after a while, it's like, you know, you see UT SEAL instructor on the shirt and then you start to understand what it is. And then you're like, oh, wow. But the only thing about it, they, the SEAL instructors really didn't let you know what the end state was because so many of you guys were going to quit anyway that it didn't really right. matter. They didn't, really didn't start... Te- they're not treating you uh like you're a student or someone that they can actually teach until after hell Week because you're going to lose you lost so many guys and that to me that was my motivation to get there because number one i wasn't belong i didn't even belong there in the first place you know i was like which one of these students doesn't belong this guy and it
0: was you yeah. but you made it though i did but you made it
1: i did you-, you know
0: <laughs> in hindsight I-, I would argue that you did in fact belong
1: I did. Yeah. You, you know, it's that, it's that mindset, you know, the biggest war wars between your ears when you're well there. okay.
0: So that's, I'm so glad you said that. Cause I, that was actually one. I don't, I didn't, I don't formulate a lot of questions for these cause mm-hmm. I like them to come to me. But one that did come to me before our conversation was, I want to know from you, you talk about the abs on the abs. You talk about how everybody looks just cut, mm-hmm. you know, and ready to roll. How much of it though, how much of the whole thing, is mental emotional like in between like you said in between your ears right how much of it's that
1: you know what uh i god i i almost all of it because i'm telling you if you're there the physical evolutions i'm telling you we're not hard all right i'm telling you for a fact for
0: somebody that's in shape, I mean, it's not yeah, like you can just. I can't show up and be yeah. this mental master and yeah. get through SEAL training. You have to. You yeah. have to be in shape. That's a given.
1: Yeah, you right? have to be in shape. You know, that's why you're there. I mean, you pass PRT right. test. That means what that means. Even the military, you got to be able to push ups, sit ups, pull ups, all that. Uh, yeah. Uh, run and swim in in a certain right. time frame, and right. so you have you have some but sort of. But you gotta of, have effort. it here. Yeah.
0: Because you for me, it, it was looks.
1: Oh yeah, you have to because, like, if you took a single day, especially in first phase, all you did was three evolutions a day, and that was it. You did like either what's, two an, evo- ev-
0: what's an evolution?
1: A physical evolution. It'd be like log right. PT, running with the boats, a two-mile ocean swim, a conditioning run, working was, in the pool yeah. doing drown proofing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're yeah. only doing about three a day, and most of them like one's two are usually be in the morning, and then one will be a long one in the afternoon. So right. an example would be okay. You're going to get up at three fifteen in the morning. You're going to do grinder PT. So grinder pizza usually go went from like four to five. When you got done with that, then you uh went, you ran to breakfast. And that's the thing about bud training is your dining facility where you ate was uh, uh one and a half miles away. So you're basically there and back is three miles, and so you're doing yep. three times a day. So that's nine miles just to go feed your little face. So so everything just accumulates. I,
0: you know? I love and, how you even say that. <laughs> <laughs> feed your little face. <laughs> <laughs> and so um
1: you got to prep all your boats because you go in the afternoon you're going to be uh out in boat pt uh mm-hmm. doing that and so but you get dropped all the time you're constantly getting hammered you know do anything wrong you're, you you got to do it's it's 20 simple push-ups but you got to get your class together you start learning teamwork and then you're wet and sandy all day you're shivering all day and you're constantly moving all day long and so there's no you know there, there's uh, so physically you can do the evolutions, but it's everything in between like shivering all day long. People hate being cold. And as soon as that sun starts to break the the Marine layer goes away. You start to warm up. You're right into the surf again. And so it's like, you just, it, it's all day. You just, the one thing he's learned is being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And once you have that, and yes. the second thing about that, the second thing about the mentally, what we talked about between the ears is once you started caring about the guy next to you, because that's your boat crew. And if you let them down, then that's a chance for them to get hurt. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where you stop thinking about yourself. You stop self-loathing. You stop what well, was me. You stop thinking about oh, how cold you are. Because once you get into your own head and how miserable you are, you'll, you go away just like that.
0: So is that a big piece of it? You have to, you have to somehow get to a point where you're overcoming the victim mentality. Yeah. You got to get yanked out of that. Mm-hmm. And it's let me ask you this then so many people drop out, especially during that hell week portion. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Is that, are those guys essentially succumbing to that? They're not, yeah. they're not making it past that piece. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And even when I finished out my career as an instructor, uh, you, 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 everyone there is physically fit so you can physically right. make it through you know right. but you 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 make them miserable like you you're yeah. you're, you're for some reason they trained all along but they never ran on sand before and the sand gets to them you know right. that the cold the cold gets to a lot of people right. And they have they have what's called they have a short focus okay short focus they're having a miserable evolution right now like they say they're running with the boats in their heads uh for three miles which sucks you know, like they, they'll get mentally into that and they'll think about how much it's horrible. And then right. they'll think, then they will think, oh, we got to do this again tomorrow and the next day. Yep. And then that's what really compounds that. And so you just got to take it one evolution at a time, one meal at a time, and then, you know, one boat a time with your guys. And then that that's what got me is like all these, all that we talked, all these ice men were quitting mm-hmm. and Goose <laughs> was still here, you know, it's like, how is this possible? Yes.
0: Yes. You no. Know, so good. So good. Because, yeah. because Goose has it
1: up here. He does. And it's like, it's almost like when, when my graduation poem <laughs> from Bud's, Hey, there's two O's in Goose. There it is. There's two O's, you know? So, yes. um, so that's the, uh, and then, and then of course, Hell Week, you, you, you lose a lot of guys in the beginning and then, uh, and then you lose the rest of it Hell Week. And then like I said, we started with like 187 and we ended up getting through Hell Week with like 23, and then uh, we finished out first phase and went in the second phase and then we started diving, thank God. It was like well, right. about time we get to the part that I was juped into.
0: but you're excited about, right? Yeah,
1: and they made that miserable too. So
0: <laughs> how many how many people made it out? Uh, our graduating class I think had like 34 total.
1: Um, yeah. and so yeah. the the average graduating class is an image between you can you can say an average is 30. That's and, yeah. and then the average class starts with about 180. So, and there's only six classes a year and, and it, uh, all it is, yeah, it's the toughest military training world for a reason, but you can get through it if you just understand, just, you got to find that comfort. You can't accomplish anything in the comfort zone, right? That's number one. But Number two, when you're miserable, find weight, make miserable your comfort zone. And then you can
0: start uh, pushing through. Wow. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I, I, I get it. I mean, it makes sense to me. There's 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 logic there that 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 I can put together. But I've never, you know, I've just never been under those circumstances, and it's hard for me to imagine. So I'm looking through your book. I'll, I want to transition a little bit to your book. Oh, now. cool. I'm I'm looking through your book. You you, and and I know it's a book on photography, but you wrote a lot in this book too, especially at the beginning. And I'm looking through the photographs and my son, he's seven, he comes up beside me and he's looking at the pictures and he, he, we're both marveling at these images. They're beautiful. And he says, he says, dad, what is that? I said, these are the Navy seals. And I'm going to get, <laughs> I'm going to get a talk to one of these guys. And he's like, they look really strong. And I said, they, they are very strong. <laughs> he's, all, he's all about his six pack right now. He has a six pack and he likes oh. to brag about his six pack. He's like, dad, do you know a lot of guys with a six pack? I said, I not know a lot of guys. He goes, Do you know any seven year olds with a six pack? I got one. He there likes to he likes to tell me all about it. Anyway, he's looking and he says, Do they have to get in the really cold water, Dad? And I said, Oh yeah, oh yeah, they gotta do a lot more than that. And then we flip to the page where the feet are in the water yes, for the do. for the drowning, the drown proofing. And he said, yep. What is that, Dad? Mm-hmm. And I said, And and this is, I like how you set this up. This was so genius, I think. So in all of your images, you have like a little code, a little two-letter code that shows what part of the training that image was taken from. And I looked down and it says DP. I was like, well, that says DP. So we flip over and I was like, oh, that's drown proofing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, His eyes get really big, you know, and my eyes are really big. And so I want. I just wanted to. Okay, I just wanted to read because you're actually a really good writer too. That's what. Oh, that's what thank struck you. Me, thank you that, very much. Is how, is how well you wrote. And so I, I wanted to read this very first part from Drownproofing because you can go through the beginning of the book and see these different sections, right? Yeah. And Drownproofing, the first paragraph says, "I always thought the name Drownproofing missed the mark on what the training evolution really is. I believe it should be called Panicproofing. <laughs> Nothing brings out panic in people quite like the removal of air from the equation." All you have to do is swim 100 meters, float for five minutes, bob for five minutes, bob in between tasks, do a front flip and back flip, then retrieve your mask from the bottom of the pool, all with your hands tied behind your back and your feet tied together (laughs) in nine feet of water. (laughs) Simple. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) No big deal. It's getting worse and worse and worse and worse, and and then at the end you're like, yeah okay and then but your hands and feet are tied together uh, you got <laughs> like,
1: yeah so oh you got God. that going for you
0: <laughs> but that's the that's the mental piece isn't it isn't that yeah. a huge that's like to me that's like a great epitome of the mental piece mm-hmm. right because you just can't panic
1: oh no, that's the whole point it's like that's why I call the panic proofing because you know you know first of all what does panicking solve nothing you know zero this is like you know it's i don't know what it is so, well, all it is, what, well, first of all, thanks for actually reading it, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Because uh, the first it's I a good make,
0: read. It's a you. good read. Like the book is a beautiful, there's no question, your images are striking. And I, and I just kept looking through them and just wat, like looking at each one and kind of immersing in each one. But I started reading it and then I was like, there's a lot of great written content in this book as well. Thank you. Uh, you know
1: what? You're the first one to actually say that. The well, that's first ridiculous. one, it's like, be I, I'm, I'm not kidding you, man. I like, you know, the, the whole book was gonna start out just like my Instagram. It was just gonna be, you know, a picture with a little blur, yeah. you know, and that's yeah. what we kind of went with. And then uh, as I started doing it, and we, uh, me and my wife, we started going through it and uh, okay, well, we have to start writing about these evolutions. And I started writing. And uh, we went through a very small uh, first publishing, house was called a mascot up in Northern Virginia. You know, yeah. they reached out, they reached a lot of, they reached out to me on in, in Instagram, you know, and we started going through it and they're saying what they wanted. And they're like, oh, then he goes, I'll ghostwrite it for you. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Well, oh, that's where yeah. i just just it for you. And I'm like, what, how, no. how the hell are you going to know what ground proof? How are you going to know what hell week is? Well, you just well even if he,
0: even if he looks it up he wasn't there. Like yeah, your pers- can't- your perspective, I think that's what's so great about yeah. it is because not only does it give context to the images, mm-hmm. but it's coming from you and your perspective and 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 your experience like come yeah. right out. And then you have all of that foundation for the images on top of it so the images stand really well on their own that's my point yeah and to have that little code it's kind of fun it's because it, you can look through it and, and each little code is on each little image right you're yeah. like oh that's that's ws and then you can go through and well that means wet and sandy and then <laughs> you can read about what wet and sandy is and it yeah. gives more context to the image and so i I just wanted to bring that up along with the fact well, I, that well, I the beginning of drown proofing was just, uh, that's all mental to me. I kept thinking there's so is. much mentality that goes into that.
1: It, it is. And, and, um, and that's what, that's a lot of the evolutions are like that because the first thing, because you got to remember in the end state of being a seal, you're going to be a war fighter. You're going to go overseas and people are going to try to kill you and bolts going to be over your head. So we have to teach you, you have to change your mindset is number one. You can never quit. You can, you can adapt and overcome adversity and, and work through it. But also, uh, you're going to be put in situations that no other humans are, are meant to be in. And so how do we start that process? And that process is simple with the water. It's like yes, yeah, simple removal of air, like stay down and like do, do small, t- not only take, you have to make water your friend, but also you have to be able to problem solve in it. You have to be able to think in it. You have to be able to move in it. And so little things like not time, you know, you go down there, you got to tread water, uh at 15 feet you know the instructor's sitting there and he's watching you tread water and he watch you tread water and he goes okay go down and uh, and uh tie me a bow and knot and you're like okay hold your breath you swim all the way down you tie your bow and knot and then you give them an okay and then and then they'll take they will take their time looking at it you know to make sure get every angle you know and you're waiting for the thumbs up and you're like you know you're doing a little funky chicken then they're like Thumbs up. And then you're like,
0: okay, yes. Yeah. So and you untie it. And oh, then you goes, mean, you have to be down there that whole time. Oh, yeah, you're the- just,
1: you're just <laughs> waiting there while expecting you're not, you know, check and it, they're check at, it. yeah. And they're, they're up. We're up high, man. And when I was a instructor, when I was a student, they're up high, they're just watching. And then as soon as you're done, then they swim down, do the little check. And then you like, you get to the surface, like, Boo. <gasps> and then you tread water some more and they're like, okay, go down and give me a, a right angle. You're like, Boo, and then do it you, again. You go and back down again yeah and that's, so that's it's little evolutions like that and then you like the job proofing evolutions 50 meter an hour swim and of course and of course you're swimming and then it's second phase it's we got pool comp and things like that so they're always they're, we're always being challenged uh, uh mentally and physically in in small little panic situations
0: uh, there's no uh, bell yeah. on the other side of the pond is there when you get there <laughs> after nope. on the other side of it when you get out and you're in it there's yep. no bell
1: nope you're done i mean you you had you had your you know, you're, you're you know, you had that them,
0: chance, that chance yeah. is gone.
1: Yeah. And once you are sealed, most people, you know, are, they're not going to quit. I mean, a lot of people find that, that, uh, you know, after they're doing the job, they don't find out when you know, I like this job, but it's just not for me and then they'll get sure. out or do other things. So, well, but I was even thinking,
0: I was even thinking back to what you said before and this really struck me for whatever reason is like from a mental standpoint, even like you get through a day a hell week, but you're thinking to yourself, I got to do this tomorrow. I got to do it the next day. I got it. Yeah. And if you carry that through to its conclusion, you got to think to yourself, I'm going to get to the point if I keep doing this where that bell goes away. Yeah. And I don't have, you know, and I don't have the option to tap out when I'm on the other side of the world. Right. And those bullets no. are flying over my head. Like that's where this is going. And at that point, like what you're going through and what you're struggling with is, is it relative sense, almost nothing. Yeah. Because then absolutely. There's no bell. Yeah, and what's
1: interesting about that point is here's this funny thing, you know, and our, you know, so no most society that knows that seals exist, but people also know about Hell Week, and a lot of, and that mm-hmm. there's two misconceptions about when people's mind about Hell Week, and number one, they think you're seals after Hell Week, and you're like, and you're all done. I'm like, now nah, right. not even close. <laughs> right. That's, that's no. week, that's week number four, Bob, you got 22 more weeks to go. Plus another, plus another year of silk qualification training. And then another year work up with your yourself to whatever seal team you get to. So you're looking that's at two unreal. and a half years, even before you go, that's week four. Okay. So, but also hell week is not the hardest week of training. It's, it's, it's another, it's another bamboozle effect. Because even though your five your five and a half days of no sleep, doing constant evolution, constant, you know, but you get to eat four times a day, so that's that's yeah. But that, of course, it adds on three more miles, and that's twelve miles a day, just eating with a boat on your head. So you got that putting but, food in your face, and putting food in your little your fat little face. Your little, you know, face. which is like, you know, and you can't <laughs> even sit down when you're eating either. But here's the thing. You don't quit, like, that's the big thing. You made it through Hell Week, you didn't quit Hell Week, and, and you, you made it through. Yeah. It's like, good, yeah. we just tricked you. Because the second phase, I thought second phase dive week, Drager Hell Week was worse than Hell Week. I thought we were really? yeah, doing plan, doing planning missions in third phase, and the island was harder than freaking Hell Week. But, really? You made it through hell week, so that means you're not going to quit. Because now we're making shit harder, and so right, they trick right, right. you. You right, get that right, never right. they get that never it's quit the yep. It's the mental piece
0: again. It's the mental piece again. so let I me thought, let, let, let yeah, me do ahead. this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super intrigued because here's the other piece that I read that I thought was really great. Oh um, thank you. you someone the that, book someone that
1: read it. That's awesome. I can't get over that. Oh, please, I've never I gotten anyone. Know. I've never gotten anyone in like this is the third printing now. Two two printings we had, we had uh, uh, 2250 of them print, sold out, second one self-printed, thousand of them sold out. Now this one went through Grand Central Publishing. Thank you. Like like the, the the people with the long pants in the room decided to pick it up. Okay. Yeah. This guy's yeah. doing a book and we're not involved and it's a good book. Okay. We need to take <laughs> care of this. We need to. You're the, you're, you're the only one that's read it. You're the only one that comes back and says, I don't even think Admiral McRaven read it. He gave it a review and he just said, oh, the pictures are stunning. It's like, well, cool. so anyway, I they love are, talking to you. Thanks. Well, it's like, they,
0: they are stunning, but I, if, if people aren't reading what you wrote, then they're really missing out. I mean, yeah. I, that's all there is to it. I, I w- I, what I would like you to do for me is take me through your, the very beginning of your introduction, you talk about being on that C one hundred and thirty, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's when for you, you have this epiphany, right? So at that yeah. point you're an instructor, mm-hmm. right? And you're getting ready to essentially shove somebody out of a plane and then go with them. Like, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but that's yeah, what that's... I'm getting. But right before that, and then, and then into that, you see the sky, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what happened that like, was that, is that really like in your mind when things started to transition and you started to think, I need to capture this. Yeah. Like, I need to, I need to make this so that other people can see it through my eyes and get a sense of what yeah. this is.
1: Absolutely. You're you're hundred percent correct. It's, it's exactly what happened, you know, and how I got there is, a, is, is, it's called a seashore rotation. Okay. That means you're supposed to do five years of deploying in the Navy and then you get two years of a short, short duty, which is basically you stay home and then you learn, uh, learn an advanced tactic of something that we can need because you need the break. Uh, right. my rotation was 10 years. So I got to be a years. military freefall instructor, you know, because I went through uh military freefall, military freefall, jump master. And, um, that was the things that was given to me because I was good at skydiving and uh, I ended up in Yuma, Arizona. And I went through, and that whole pipeline is long. You have to do the advanced military free-for-all course, which is a mm-hmm. crib of over 200 plus jumps, you know, and then, then you get to be instructor on the floor for another year teaching students because, you know, you're, you're jumping out of the airplane. You have to be proficient and you have to be able to fly. You have to be able to think while you're flying to make, take care mm-hmm. of the student. Anyway, mm-hmm. it was all that. And so, um, at that point, um, you know, I've already, you know, I'm already, Uh, a basic parachutist military free fall advanced military free fall at that point I ended up being military free fall instructor and a military free fall instructor evaluator and then I started shooting video I was a video guy because it's the only way you're going to learn in free fall is you as a guy is your instructor you're flying the instructors above you and then you're above the instructor video and everything because when they get down the ground if they're going to your instructor's going to tell you hey you need to bend your knees this was why you're backsliding. You're doing this. They, you physically can't see it, but when you show the video, it's like, "Oh, I see what I did wrong." And that's why we're kind of like the training tool up there. So you're but, shooting,
0: you're shooting video to document yeah. the process to be used for instruction.
1: Yeah, for student. So for student critique. Like, nice. So every so every student gets at least two videos throughout their time there, and then that's how that's how they learn. And we just cycle right. through each one of them. And so one morning, because where I was in the rotation, I never really got that first lift uh in the morning that 515 one because it always went from the lighter students all the way to the heavier students as i was right. i was more in the, in the in the 40 40 range so student one through you know one through 20 would be in the first lift 20 by the time my lift came it was like eight o'clock in the morning you know so right. we just do all our stuff and you know, t- you know take a nap in the in the video room or do what we're doing but you know well why I, I distinctly remember that first lift that we were first like, oh, shit, this is what it's like being first. We joked about it. Mm -hmm. And then we flew up, and then all of a sudden, you know, my student's with me, and I got my video on, and a ramp opens, and there it was. Man, the sun is just barely peeking up and just painted the desert in all these different colors, and it just, to me, it was just beautiful. I mean, I I told my student, I'm like, we're standing, we're really standing on the ramp, 16,000 feet up, you know, looking down, and it's like, oh, man, uh," and he's like, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's his first (laughs) jump. And, and I got I got my <laughs> hand on him. I'm like, damn, look how beautiful this is, dude. You're getting paid for this. This this is freaking awesome. And he's just looking at me going, me, you freaking real it's like, look at that. It's yeah. it's stunning. You know, okay, go slap them. and like he boom, bumbles out.
0: This is so beautiful, and he's <laughs> peeing himself because he's gotta jump out of the I plane. know. And there's me, just as
1: like, Woo, this is beautiful, man. You know, I'm, i I feel like I'm the dude at this point. Oh, dude, it's beautiful, man.
0: You're, you know, just I, you're just
1: abiding you're just abiding and he's scared
0: out of his mind he is and, so then, perfect. Uh,
1: and it was just beautiful the reds the oranges and i just was thinking to myself as man I, I, somebody should take a picture of this this is really cool yeah. and then i landed and then I went up again and that 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 really resonated in my head and none of us had uh, uh photography it was all just videos so that's what started the journey it's like oh I, i'll sh- well, crap, if I want to do, if I want to take
0: a photo, I guess I got to learn how. So uh, so that's what got you into photography to begin yeah. with. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't a photographer up until that point, but that's what really got you into photography. Yeah. Yep. And then, and uh, so, and so then do you, you decide to learn photography, but then you go back to training to document with that express purpose to document seal training?
1: No, um, there's there, there's a, there's a big long gap in there. Um, oh, there's a
0: gap. Uh, Tell me about uh, that. The gap. Was the end
1: state? Yeah, there's okay. a huge gap because that, that that gap that gap that was 2007. This the buds photography 2016. So um, that's a huge gap in what, there. So um, what
0: happened in there? Yeah.
1: Oh, I had to go back to being a seal. I had to deploy again. I had to <laughs> for you know, real. The, 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 yeah. Multiple deployments. I mean, it was, so that out of, out of the Yuma was only three years. And so then I had, from there, I went to a, a, a joint task force out in the middle East and I was there for like two years. And then yeah. that, from then I, there I deployed with seal team one, three and five came back. Then I did the, another seal deployment, which Dang. is like two years with seal team three, but I kept photography going, but I learned photography out in yuma and i was self-taught now this is something interesting you'll you'll like this this is this is how i, I uh, learned photography is is i started googling it so i googled photography and digital photography come up and have yeah. cameras and so it's like so i'm taking notes right i'm writing down okay digital what, what there's no film it's digital what does that mean you know <laughs> And, yep. uh, and I'm, I'm doing all this and finally, but, but every article that I had that I read about photography and what it is always said in, well, in the digital darkroom, you'll be doing this. And I was like, mm. well, well, crap, not gonna, learn, not gonna learn that. What's the hell is that? Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm. so, um, so this is months. I mean, this took months to do. And yep. so I'm still sky, still instructor, still videoing everything, but I'm learning photography in the end. And then I'll then I, I like, you know, at that point I had, uh, I was mayor. I was, I was, I had, um, I was married with children. I was actually unhappily married with kids. That means I was broke. So I would actually go into Barnes and Noble, send my kids over to the children's section. And I would sit there at the digital photography section and I have my little green notebook from, from the SEAL teams. And I'm like, by the one of them was my dive log and I'm like, okay, all right, shift, alt, delete uh, color space, you know, Toby really? 1998. What the hell is that? All right. <laughs> all right you know, so <laughs> I guess that's something, huh? You know, so this is how I'm learning. So I go home, I Google it and everything else. And so I start, now I don't have money to buy a camera or anything, but uh-huh. something, something very, very interesting happened. I bought a, uh, a very uh, used version of a how to for, uh, um, Photoshop CS. Cause I learned everything that you need a digital darkroom. And so I have got that big notepads, note cards. And I, and I learned and I, I it is just like college. I just sat there. It's like, and I took it from basics. It's like, okay. And you did, I went through all the CDs and learned stuff. And, yeah. and then of course, then CS2 came out. So I had to learn that. And oh, then, wow. so remember, I learned, I learned how to digitally edit a photo before I even took a photo, but I learned backwards. So yeah. I, I'm learning what histograms are. I'm learning what color spaces. I'm learning uh. Uh, the numbers. I'm learning uh, resolution. I'm learning size. I'm like like to be, you know, when I first got my camera, I knew I knew what a histogram was. I can look outside and I knew what the highlights were. I knew what the shadows were. I knew that it's like numerically I can see the numbers because right. that's what I was used to learning for like five months was that. Right. So I finally got my first Canon uh, 20D, I believe, no yeah. uh, 30D. You know, yeah. of course, I drilled it onto the helmet, bike plates, everything else. Set it, and I was, you know, of course, that point I learned it's like I'm skydiving, so I'm putting the thing on TV, you know, because I want my I want my uh, shutter to stay at a minimum uh, 500 or 800. Sure. And so, sure. but then I'm lurking, I'm I'm figuring out uh, everything because I did it backwards. So once I got the images, I knew exactly what to do. So it's that it was actually good that I'd learn it backwards. And so then that's what made the digital, the uh, editing process a lot easier for them, I
0: think. It worked more, for you. It worked for you. And yeah. it made sense for you, actually, yeah. in hindsight, even to do it that way.
1: Yeah. And I think most photographers, will, I think when people start photography nowadays, they do these, they'll buy the camera first. Look at the back of the LCD screen. Like, oh, look at that freaking author. You know, everybody,
0: and then, everybody buys the camera first. Yeah. That's what they're all excited about is the camera.
1: Yeah. And then you got to realize there's other things you got to do. So there's I other digital- stuff. I had a digital darkroom workflow before I had a camera. So, um, but anyway, so that's, that's how I learned. And of course, my first shots were all in air photography, all a skydive photography with the reds. And I finally got the, the photography that I wanted, but, uh, but anyway, I had to share that with you. I know it was long and drawn out, but that's how I started. And then
0: it's very uh, interesting actually.
1: And then I kept with it. And then of course i had to go back to seal teams and, you know, deployed. I had my camera with me always learning. Uh, went back and forth, and then finally, uh, you know, uh, you get good enough at something, you're. you're... And uh, for me, wherever I went, people kind of knew me as like the air god photographer, because mm-hmm. at that point I was. I was like, I had the most jumps. I I had photography that was already, you know, in Wilcox magazines and then parachutists and uh, active valor did all those air scenes. Uh, yeah. So I had, I was known as the guy, and so then people, hey, take a picture of me. I'm like, what? All right. <laughs> you know, so
0: that's what I was wondering. Cause here's, here's the book. This is what uh-huh. it looks like. And it's going to come up backwards probably. But I was wondering when you go into these scenarios and especially uh-huh. for this book in particular, do they want you there? Like these guys are going through hell. Uh-huh. And a, and a couple of your images, you really, got, yeah. you really got them. They're like looking at you. And one guy in particular, he's kind of looking at you. And I'm and in my mind, I'm like, what's that dude thinking? Is he thinking, man, I'd, I I'll just take that guy out right now, or is he thinking this that is he honored to be captured by? Like, where's he at mentally at the time? Do they want uh, you there, or are they resenting that you're there, or where are they at with that?
1: I, you know what, I'll be honest with you, I don't know. You know, uh, <laughs> That's such an, uh, that is me. an honest answer i i, I couldn't even give you because you know I, i'm a seal instructor at this point you know i right you know this is the the, the latter half of my the last year and a half of my career right and um the same guy that asked me to do uh, active valor was actually working which called the our uh, seal scout team which basically they go out and recruit uh, kind of like college ball players they recruit yeah. athletes that they think can be Navy right. SEALs and I got, Right. he was working there and I went to him and he had an idea that he knew my photography. He thought that all the photos and everything around the Bud's compound and Naval special warfare should be updated. And uh, he liked my style and I'm like, yeah, man, I'll do that. I don't, that's fine with me. So, you know, and then when we started doing it, you know, we'd show up in a big truck with SEALs pat on the side. I had my SEAL structure shirt on and, you know, I'm a SEAL. So no one's gonna like, you know, none of the students they don't, they don't freaking know any better. And so, wow. uh, and that's how that whole process started. And a wow. lot of them are like in your face, but that, I know the one you're talking about is I actually had 100 to 400, like. Zoop. But are oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tried to be out of the way as much as possible. Sure, uh,
0: that makes sense.
1: But it was it was command. Initially, it was a big command thing. So it was, it was leadership that had really, really good initiative and and good um, good vision. And. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to do, but I, but for the most part, I tried to stay out of the way. Like a lot of them in the water, I'll be with them. A lot of the 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 uh, the log PT that happens all the time, I'll kind of be offset a little bit. Um, it's very rarely that I would actually get in their face. That's because I really wanted a close up, so I'll get like my fourteen millimeter, put it on top of log, and walk away because you don't want to interrupt the evolution that's going on so so much that. Now they're kind of confused because they, they see a seal instructor there. So they're already, their butt is already tight. And they're doing some evolution. They're right. miserable. You don't want to like right. a camera in your face. And, and right. I had enough wherewithal. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Right. I, I had enough wherewithal to say, you know what? I'm, but I can, but I always had the ability to to make it through, like enjoying, the, enjoying what they're doing. And they're really fired up. And those are the guys that I would go to because they were happy to see me. Hey, instructor head right. I'm like, yeah, right. talk to me. You know, I'm like, ah. you know, so I'm still trying to be mean. You're like, ah. but I was I was goose, man. I wasn't a mean instructor. I was like, you know, you know, like you get the instructors, they're like, ah, go hit the surf. Yeah. You know, yelling at them, everything else. And- well,
0: but let me ask you that piece too. Cause I, I'm interested about that. Yeah. If, if you, you feel like you have to be a certain way, right. You have to have this yeah. persona in those situations. Yeah. But inside, even if you're like on the outside inside, aren't you, it's, do you feel different than what you're acting like sometimes? Or oh yeah. 100 like oh, percent. You have an appreciation. You have an a res- you have a respect. You feel good when they're when they know who you are and they want you there, but you can't yeah. act, you can't act yeah. like it, right?
1: Oh yeah, exactly. I had the same thing when I went through buds. I had my favorite instructors, right. Instructor Elsterman. Right. That guy was like still to this day just a great a great inspiration, a, a, a great leader. But he was funny. God, he was so freaking funny. And it was funny in a way that is like, is this guy serious? You know, but <laughs> you don't know. I, just, well, I don't know how to react to this guy, but he was like, <laughs> he was awesome. And then that was the instructor you wanted. So like, you know, I always say, yeah. people, you, you want to be, you know, like a leader or teacher, you know, instructs, like a good teacher shows a, a superior mm-hmm. teacher demonstrates and, and a superior leader so will we'll inspire, you know, and yes. he had that unique like ability that to inspire just by Mm. just the stupid little sayings that he he would say the guys, when I came around, people were like, they were, you you could see in their eyes, but I didn't want them to be out of the evolution. So I would like, you know just kind of be myself but i wouldn't be right. mean i'm like uh is it like i see him doing half-ass push-ups in the sand i'm like really is that uh, what w- w- would chuck norse be proud of you right now for doing that push-up you know <laughs> <laughs> and then look at me i like no chuck norse wouldn't well then why don't you take imaginary chuck norse out to the surf zone come on back and then try it again you know so th- things <laughs> like that so that, that, I, that i would do and then i would take the picture while they're doing it so <laughs> that's so <good. laughs>
0: you would think i need to get this shot now
1: yeah. so like, right, well, Let me let shot. me uh,
0: let me finish with this. I have one last question for you. Moving forward. Oh, absolutely. Like, as you know, kind of your next adventure, so to speak. How how important is photography to you now? Moving forward into, into where you're going to go next and what you're going to do next? Like, is is photography has it become a bigger part of your life now? Is that something that you want to integrate more into what you're doing? um where where are you at with that
1: uh that is a fantastic god you know how to ask the great questions you know it's fantastic uh i another thing i don't really know um to me uh like i said right now uh photography um i believe it or not i don't do it very much uh my last big uh paid gig i did was with nike and um and and that was a lot of fun but uh What I like, what what I want to do with photography is I, when we start going back to conferences and things like that, somehow I'd like to break in to the photography uh, conference um, uh, arena because Mm -hmm. I want to tell my story. And whenever I've only been to like two or three photo conferences, one of the big one was uh, Photoshop in Vegas. I'm gonna go to that one. And uh, of course, everyone's got their own little thing and they're teaching this and that. But there's always like one keynote and he was like a story. You know, I think yeah. I think here I went. It was like Joe McNally uh, yeah. uh, talking, <laughs> you know, and uh, and, you know, he's like he tells a story. And for me, I would love to get out there and talk about my story because the story because I'm one of one. I am the I'm like a unicorn. It's like all the time. It's like I'm the only a Navy SEAL to ever photograph or authorized photographer SEAL training, only one to start photographing in the air, went to the SEAL training, the only one to have a book out that has this as authorized documented and no one has that, but the journey to that point, even learning photography, learning in there. And I had the videos I have like, like I even had it all written out of how I would, um, how my mindset of a Navy SEAL, uh, how I did photography too. So right. like, like, like big thing is like uh, taking care of your gear that'll take care of you. When you're overseas, you got to take care of your gear. You got to take care of your body armor, everything else, you know. And the same thing with photography, you got to take care of your gear because if you're making a living at it, then you know you have to take care of it. And this is how I took care of it. Another aspect is don't get highly involved with with emotion. Don't let emotion take over, you know. And I've I've seen that before, especially when we're doing missions, we get hyped beginning get emotion. But also in the photography realm, I've physically seen, I've done it myself you're just, you're, you're, you're getting emotional trying to get this shot. And then all of a sudden you lose focus and it's attention to detail and you end up screwing stuff up, you know, little things like that, that I, that I've really put together. And I'd like to tell the story. I think the story people would gravitate to, because it's a very, very unique story. Nobody has it. And then it's just something that will inspire people. It's like, Hey, no matter what you're doing, you know, uh, here's the guidelines that I had that I went by. And If you could take something away and make a difference with it, then I think that's uh, that's what I'd like to do.
0: I would uh-huh. highly encourage you to pursue that and to pursue more writing too.
1: I, I did like the writing. The writing was fun, man. I, I, <laughs> I but thank you, appreciate that.
0: It was. It, it's very well done. It's uncommon grit. I'm telling you. Let's see here. It's backwards, but we'll throw a little piece in there. It's it's a it's a a phenomenal book. Thank you in, so much. Both in imagery and in writing. If you if you get the book, read it make sure you read it, too. <laughs> read it. Don't just look at the images. You'll, you, you'll get a lot more out of it. Uh, McBee, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for doing this with me. And I look forward to being in one of your first convention seminars as I sit I, there and listen to you tell your story.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. You know, people can get the book uncommon Uh, yes. they can go to my, um, uh, my Instagram, which started the whole thing. McTeams three, eight, four, two. I don't know if you want to put that up somewhere
0: we will we will put uh, all that stuff up
1: but i appreciate your time man i mean this is this this whole thing has been really really cool and i get to talk about photography for a change which is really (laughs) exciting but thank you so much man thank you for having me it's been a great time
0: thanks man have a wonderful day